Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to this podcast with Pastor Mubarakota. Mubarakota is the founder and leader of Christ Love World Outreach, a global evangelical ministry that is impacting the lives of many worldwide. Mubarak, an anointed teacher of the word, teaches the good news that has the power to heal the brokenhearted, free the captives, and change lives. Stay connected as you receive God's inspired word. Now, today's message. Father, thank you for this blessed morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. What a blessing. Don't predict God. Amen. God cannot be caged in a box. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church? All right. What a blessing. Hallelujah. We are in our month of divine upliftment. And this morning, we are looking at divine upliftment through the power of love. Amen. Last week, we looked at divine upliftment through the power of what? Faith. How that your faith must go with your works to bring you to a place that God wants you to be. Amen. And today, we want to look at how the love of God can uplift you. Amen. Many people want the things that God gives, but they don't want God. Hallelujah. God is not a means to an end. God is the end. And through him we have the means. Amen. So when we come to God, we should not come with this mentality of trying to get something from God. You know, children have a way of being nice to you when they want something. So you can give a child, say, a child can cry for biscuit and you give them the biscuit and immediately they, they leave you because they don't want you. What they want is the biscuit. You get it. So a child comes to and is crying and you think the child wants to be with you but immediately you give the child what the child wants if the child leaves and goes to play with his friends because it is not you he wants it's the biscuit he wants many of us are like that when we come to god we are trying to get things from god so we are trying to use god to get things so it's like oh i'll start going to church because i want a breakthrough I'll start going to church because I want to marry. Do you get it? I'll start going to church because I want biscuits, just like the child. But you see, when you do that, you hurt yourself in the end. Because everything that is received from God is sustained by God. You get it? That is why you cannot do away with God. When God gives you something, he has the power to sustain it. And for it is like it's like buying a very expensive device. Okay. A very complicated device. 
and it has to be installed. They are heavy duty machinery. When sometimes we watch the TV and sometimes you see even on a rig, they are very heavy, heavy duty machinery that once the supplier supplies, you see, you can't it's an ongoing relationship. You can't cut him off because the expertise that is needed to man install, man run, that's what comes from the supplier. So once you have that product in your company, every now and then the supplier sends people to come to your premises and you have to give that supplier access to certain parts of your building so that he will be able to run the things for you. Do you get it? So God is like a supplier who gives you a blessing, but you can't, you can't run the thing without him. So he needs access into your life, right? So that from time to time, he can help you manage that thing. I like the story of the, the woman who built a house for Elisha. Then Elisha asks Gehazi, what can we do for this woman? And he said, the woman has no child. It's okay. According to the time of life, you will have a son next year by this time. And it came to pass. Then... Elisha came. The woman had a child. Then the, the child died. I love the fact that the woman was able to go back to Elisha. I said, whatever is received of God is sustained by God. Went back to Elisha and said, the child you prayed for me to have is dead. So come back and resurrect the child. Now, Many Christians can't go back to God after a certain type of blessing. Why? Because the love of God is missing. Because we don't love God. Because our relationship with God is reduced to a transactional, give me, let me have kind of thing. If you give me, I'll do this for you. That is not what God wants. God does not need anything from you. God does not need anything from you. What he wants from me and you is a relationship, is our love. Because he has set his love upon me. That's what God told David. You see, you, you, God wants a man who can love him. Because the things he will give you. But he wants a man who can come into his presence and say, it's not because of anything I want. He wants a man who is coming to church and is not tied to... That is how you really get blessed, actually. He wants a man who is going to come to church and it's not like, oh, because I want ABC. He wants a man who will come to church and relax and say, I came because I just wanted to come be with you. How many of you, when you have a friend, two friends, every day one calls you, you know this one is calling because he wants money. How many of you have friends like that? When he call, when he sees God, oh, he's coming to ask me for money. They, he will start nice and say, "How are you?" Then when he's, he's ending, he say, "Oh, but Charlie." But you have another friend who calls you, and he's like, "Oh, I just called to check on you." Who do you feel comfortable around? You feel comfortable around the one who's calling just to be and talk to you. Now God is very comfortable around people who just want to have His presence. That's what made God love David so much. 
I mean, David will go into the presence of God and just worship him, be there. Just, it's not because of him. I'm not saying we, you see, God himself said we should ask him. And we are a church that asks things from God. But don't reduce all your relationship to God to trying to get something. Whatever you need in life, someone has gotten it before. Now, when someone has gotten it before, know that beyond that, there's an end. Do you get it? So, let's say you want to buy a Mercedes and you are dying for it. Okay, after Mercedes, look at the person who had the Mercedes. What happened after that? There's nothing like... So, it means that all things are empty, actually. The end really is God. You want a new phone? Okay, beyond the phone, what's next? Someone says, thank God I got an iPhone 11 Pro. Okay, what about the person who has an iPhone 12 or iPhone 13? No, you see, there's there's an end. What you want is, is, is like, beyond it, what's next? God must be the ultimate. So we are teaching you this morning that God, loving God, has the ability to lift you. But I just wanted to set the record straight so that you don't have that kind of mentality. Give me this mentality. You know, that kind of attitude, Christianity, it's not what God wants. God, I'm giving you three months. If you don't do it, me, I'll look for somewhere else to go. God, me, I'm telling you, I've given you three months ultimatum. You can't give God what? <laughs> An ultimate. First Kings 3 1. Divine upliftment. True upliftment. That you are in a place and you change levels over time. That you are in a place and God brings you out over time. The correct upliftment, it comes to loving God. Yeah. And Solomon, give me NLT. And Solomon made alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city too. At the time, the people of Israel sacrificed their other local places of worship for their temple of honoring God. For a temple of honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Three. <clears throat> now, many people don't know that Solomon was a nobody. And what made Solomon somebody? The origination. This is the first time we'll ever hear Solomon and God. All through the scripture. This is the first time. Now, what made Solomon Solomon? What even led him to even sacrifice so that God will appear to him and ask him what he wants. Then he will say he wants wisdom. What is the secret I'm going to show you? And everything about Solomon Santa changed when his love or when the factor, the determining factor changed. Solomon, can we read together? Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father, David, except Solomon to offer sacrifice and burn incense at the local place of worship. 
Solomon loved the Lord. That was it. Now, I'm taking somebody who was nobody, who was a child, but it was testified of him that he loved God. And we are going to see how his life played out. Alright? Then we also see what happened to him when his love for God changed. So Solomon loved the Lord. King James. Give me King James. Solomon loved the Lord. Ask your neighbor, do you really love God? Yeah. Many of us will say, I love you, Lord. For your mess. It is just a song you are singing. You don't love God. For your mess, he never fails me. Because as you are saying you love the Lord, if Ikiyamansa calls you right now, you see, you stop the, the, the worship. You see, Ikiyamansa, my love. What happened to the Lord, your love? As John Bosco is calling. Yeah. I saw a picture over the week. It says, a lady said, a guy was sitting by me in the car and I put, he, he put his head on my shoulder and I, I, I thought the police was tight, so I allowed him. Then I saw his phone ringing, the priceless one. I said, okay, young man, please go, go to the priceless one. <laughs> As you are lifting your hands in worship and the priceless one calls you, suddenly it's like, hey, pastor, hurry up and close. I have an appointment with a priceless one. We claim we love God, but we don't love God. Yeah, because if you love God, there are things you do to prove. If you love someone, you know there are things you do. Oh yeah, especially when it's first love. Can I share my first love stories with you? Me, I found first love. Yeah. Me, I've never really been in a correct relationship with anybody. The, the one I married, she's my first love. I used to walk from Bomso to Africa. Then we went, she would see me off to Bomso Gate. Then I'll see her off back to Africa. Then we'll go like five times. This is, that is love. What are we saying? Nothing. Go. Then I say, go. Then she say, go. 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 That's what we were doing. When we are talking, he said, cut the line. He said, you to cut the line. Cut the <laughs> First love. Yeah. Like Sunday, said, what will you eat after service? They said, oh, I want salad. She has done salad for me. Yeah, first love. Yeah, don't be jealous, I beg. You see, when you love someone, there's a way you act. You can't tell a, a lady you love her and you don't call her to check on her. It's not correct love. If you're in a relationship with your guy, two weeks he has not called you, you say, oh, he loves me, but he's busy. Ah, advise yourself. It's not true. Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the statutes of David his father. And bent incense in the high places. Verse 4. Now, we are going to see the things you do when you love God. 
What did Solomon do as a proof to show his love for who? For God. So, Solomon, the king, went to Gibeon to what? Sacrifice. Now, when you love God, you sacrifice for God. Yeah. I'm talking about divine upliftment. If you claim you love God, you will make sacrifices for who? For God. What sacrifices does God require? Shabalia. Shukamala. Molo Suketekebe. Sacrifice. A sacrifice is something that costs you something to give. You may have a certain lifestyle that you've adjusted to all through your life. One of the main things that God does when you truly want to serve him is he enters your life and he re <laughs> adjusts everything. He re he is it is to re-alter a, a, a correct way. He alters everything. He changes everything. For instance, you like eating morning, afternoon, evening. If you love God, he tell you today don't eat morning. It means you have to start fasting. So you you put your love for God and you put the food, your love for the food and you choose your love for God. You like sleeping Sunday morning. He said, now you must go to church Sunday morning. You like spending Friday nights with Akosia Sewa. But now he says, no, 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 no. Friday night, you have to go for cell meeting. There's something that must go if you claim you love God. You love to save. You know, some people, they like to judge everything. They have calculated everything. I have 100,000 in the bank. I have 50 CDs here, 200 here. When you love God, you can't have those things. Do you get it? Yes, because when you love God, he would, he would put a demand on things in your life. Like, how can you have a kind? God says, take your kind, go and give it out. If you don't love God, do you think you can do it? No, you can't. The king went to Gibeon to sacrifice to God. Not to give an offering, no. To sacrifice. So, anytime God begins to touch something that is very sensitive to you, like your comfort, he's asking you, do you love me? Do you get it? Anytime God is touching something sensitive like your relationship. Some of you, the first thing God will ever do if you claim to love him is that he will break your relationship. Huh? You don't like that part? Yeah, he will break it. 
and you must be willing to give it up. Pastor Benin shared a story <laughs> of how he wanted to marry a certain lady. And one day God said, no, you can't marry this lady. He, got, he cried. Because the lady was more Hollywood, hip-hop, you know. And that's the kind of lady he wanted. And the lady says, then God said he should marry his wife, Suzanne. Reverend Suzanne. They said, no, 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 Suzanne is too... This is, then later he said, if he had married the other lady, he would not be. He, he would not have fulfilled his calling. Yeah, Prophet Kakrabedin also shared a story. He said one time he wanted to marry a certain lady. Then he saw a dream. God said, "No, you shouldn't marry the lady." Then he wanted to push. Then he saw a dream. He was going to the lady's house, and a man. He saw a tree, and the tree became a man, like some funny. And the thing burst, and it became birds. And the, the, the God said, if you go to, that's the, that, that's the kind of woman you are going to marry. So when God begins to touch you things, like touch things in your life, he say, no, this one, no, that one, no, this one. What he's trying to do is he's trying to rather, you know, even though you are proving your life, he's also trying to help you. Yes. If you love me, sacrifice for me. Solomon sacrificed thousand ram. In thousand. Can you imagine? Sheep. One, two, three, four, five. So the, the priest was there and they said, priest, somebody's bringing an offering. When they went, trucks. What is this? He said, I brought my offering. Plenty of yes, I'm come to give it to God. What are you willing to sacrifice for God? Those who can sacrifice anything for God, they cannot go beyond a certain level in life. Yeah. I was sharing with Gamel and Co. I told them, there's always one thing God will demand from you all through your life. If you're able to offer it, that's your biggest breakthrough. I feel uh, my biggest test in my life was when God asked me to go full-time. To put my master's degree down, not apply for a job, and start a church. Every blessing in my life is tied to that obedience. And I can't even quantify the blessings that have come into my life. Even though I thought I was going to die. There's one test that will qualify to be an S. If you fail it, you can't be an S. Or, that's it. The end of final whatever exams. Once you pass that one, for the rest of the, your, your life, you'll be an S. So there's always one test that defines you. And it costs a big sacrifice to make that test. Maybe you love this boy. God says, no, not this boy. That may be your only breakthrough. That the, as that boy leaves your life, that is like the beginning of all the blessings in your life. But you, you are holding on to him, kissing his head, his ears, his nose, and he says, this one will not go. Ah. This kind go and not. That's what you are telling the Lord. Hmm. Solomon sacrificed 
Number two, what do you do for God? Go back to verse three. When you love the Lord. And someone love the Lord and walk in the statutes of David, his father. When you love God, you walk in the word of God. Yeah. What the word of God says is what you do. You won't say things like, you have a Bible in Tunchen. You say things like, oh, let's face reality. What's reality again? Some people say, oh, I know the Bible says this, but let's face facts. What do you mean? Fact. What is fact? Truth and fact. Truth, fact, need to any truth. Fact is only fact based on where you are. It's a fact that, yes, the clouds are like this, but it's not truth that the clouds are like this everywhere. You, when you change your location from, when I was driving with someone, we were moving, when we just moved from one place, we realized the rain has stopped. So it's a fact that it's raining there, but it's not true that it's raining everywhere. Truth is ultimate, truth is absolute. Fact is what is limited. So you cannot limit your perceptions to the fact that the, this person says this or that person says that. You limit, you, you, you go by the truth of what God's word says. Fact is fact. We don't deny the fact. The fact is that this is it. The fact is that that is it. The fact is, but the truth is that this is also the other part. The truth is that God has healed you and you will live and you will not die. The fact is that Satan is trying to kill you, but the truth is God has healed you. Yes. So you must walk in the statutes of God if you love God. If you love God, wasn't it here I was sharing with you? The Bible says abstain for all appearances of evil. So if you love God, why do you stay around evil? Wasn't it here I said love your neighbor? The, the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. So if you love God, why can't you love your neighbor? Why can't you tolerate your neighbor? Is it not the same Bible that says that honor your father and your mother? So if you love God, why can't you honor your father and your mother? Is it not the same Bible that says give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken to ground, running over shall God cause men to give unto your bosom? So why can't, why don't you want to give? Is it not the same Bible that says that he that winneth soul is wise? You shall serve the Lord and he shall bless your bread and he shall bless your water. So why don't you want to serve the Lord? Why do you want to take a part of God's word and leave a part out? Why don't you want to walk in God's word? If you love the Lord, you will obey his commands. You will obey the word of God. If you love the Lord, you will obey. And that obedience has the power to lift you from a, not, a state of nothingness. I am what I am. You see, you, you see, I'm what I am by the grace of God. But you see, to delight some obedience, you become God's star. Obedience to the word of God. God says, stay here. I'll stay. Go there. I'll go. I'm telling you, I can trace everything, everything that changed in my life. Like God really got serious. I was serving God, but he was never serious. I, I mean, I didn't really see the seriousness till the day he said, don't work for me. And I said, okay, me too. And that's when I saw that he had become serious with me. Many of us, God will become serious with you the day you make that big choice to obey him with all your life.
Yeah. When I said, okay, he said, okay, come, let's negotiate. And pa, 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 pa. I can't imagine how my life would have gone if I had not said, like, as God said, do this. I said, no, let me do this first. No. So, walking in the statutes of God, that what the Bible says, that what the Holy Spirit says, that when, when you have a problem, you look for what the Bible says. And read it and say, okay, this is the Bible. One time, someone did something. I, I, someone did something that really got to me. You know, I re- as a pastor, I understand the dangers of offense. So I try not to get offended. In fact, it's, it's not something that I really I even think about. But someone did something that really got to me. And the truth of the matter is, it really got to me. <laughs> so I, I went to Mr. Oda and said, you know, this person did this. I didn't really like it at all. As we were talking, talking to Mr. Oda, don't get angry. Don't get angry. Because if you get angry, you see, the covering will leave the person. I said, hey, what you are saying is true. Mm. Then I told myself, I cannot get angry. Why? Because the word of God says that I should not be offended. And when I said that, I knew that I was, I would not be offended about this situation. When you have an issue, ask yourself, it's not because of your feelings. It's not based on what you feel or think. What does the word of God say about that issue? Yes. Did I tell you one day, my wife and I, we had an argument. Then I was lying down. Then, as I was lying down, I was I had frowned my face. Then God said, "Are you are you not the pastor that when you read your Bible? Are you not a pastor when you read your? Didn't the Bible say, don't let the sun go down on your anger?" And me, I thought I was right. I felt she was wrong. I thought she had to apologize to me. You are surprised I'm telling you this. I mean, you act hypocritical. You don't want to say things. So, yeah, I'll tell you. So now I have to fight the feeling of not being, you see, that feeling of I am right. And so I won't apologize. Compared to the word of God, which says that even if you are right, still say sorry. That is where you know whether you are obeying the word of God. Uh-huh. That is how I, that is the preaching. <laughs> so as I was lying down and I was thinking, hey, so should I go and say sorry for this thing that this person has done when she was a wrong person? The Bible says that if you don't obey my word and you break it, you open your life to demons. I said, hey, demons? I'm not ready for demons. You see, people walk in disobedience, they open their lives to demons. Yeah, every act of disobedience, open a gate, a little demon, and once one demon enters, oh, the gate is open. Open the floodgates. They will enter one by one and destroy you. You'll be shocked at the things you'll be doing. So I said, okay, I'll obey the word of God. You see, when you obey the word of you, you suddenly become matured. So what did I do? You know, I sent a message. I said, you know what? Let's let's smoke the peace pipe. I'm sorry. I also said it's fine. I'm also sorry. No, she said okay, and I said ah, you you say sorry. I've come to say sorry. Is that only okay that you see? 
but I didn't tell. I said in my head. He said, okay, me too, I'm sorry. The word of God solved the situation. Yeah. Now, if I did not go by the word, you can imagine the complexity of the issues that would come out. Because that would mean that that Saturday, the next morning, I'll be coming to church. Oh, I'll be coming to preach. And as I'm coming, I'm coming with my wife, but I'm not talking to my wife. Hey, I don't like that. So every morning, I, I hold her and say, how are you? Are you okay? Because I don't want, I don't want any, you see, work in the work of the word of God. Huh. Don't joke with, if you break the word, uh, you, you pay for it all. He said, ignore the word and you will suffer. Proverbs 33, what? Am I teaching? Is it Proverbs 33, 13, what? 13. Give, give it to me quickly. Message. <clears throat> ignore the word and suffer. So the word of God, that is the simple solution. Imagine, you've opened, your disobedience has opened a door. Lions, tigers, serpents are in there to, to attack you and hurt you. And you're about to enter. Then, the, the Bible says that, just say sorry and close this gate. And you don't see a lion, you don't see a tiger, you don't see anything. And you say, I won't say sorry. And you are entering. And meanwhile, this is a whole new set of problems that you are going to face in your life. And you say, no, I won't do it. If you compare the struggle you go through by, by, by breaking the word, and you compare the ego that you, you just, is ego by it to just diffuse. You know I mean, you just be, uh, but after a while, you just be okay. Everybody will be okay. And the peace you enjoy, I'll advise you, Charlie, go for the word. Yeah. I said, I said, I said, Mama, we, we, we are trying to solve the problem. And I said, I, I took, when we have issues, I take the Bible. I said, what does the Bible say about this problem? So I opened to the scripture. I said, the Bible says that A, B, C, D. Now we can choose to use our mind to solve this problem. Or we can choose to use the word of God to solve this. Problem. But remember, we have, this is what I told her. I said, remember, we enjoyed the peace we have today because of the choices we have made because all through our lives, every single point we got to, what does God say? God said, let's do this. She follows me. God said, let's do this. She follows. So now, if you don't want us to follow God, remember that in the next five years, our lives will be very complicated. Uh -huh. Let the word of God be your guide. All these things then will uplift you. You won't see it, but gradually, gradually, you see your choices will be sound. Your life will be easy. Your life will be peaceful. And everything will be going perfectly. Then you see that challenge. It will get to a point where you say, ah, it's been a while since I had a challenge. Yes, you can get to a place like that where you are so peaceful that you ask yourself, ah, make Yes. Because you even get worried that Satan doesn't even come close to you again. <laughs> but, but I was talking to Pastor Sean and he said, ah, it's like Satan, I, I don't see you around anymore. Like, he's trying to say, he said, I said, oh, he said, we're jamming, like, on Pesso, but Bami, who you? 
Yeah, he said, but the truth is, when Satan is quiet, it means he's planning something. So you, you must fire warning shots. Yeah, I learned that from Pastor Ashton. He said, you must fire into the future. So sometimes when we pray, I say, we, we stop the future things. Yeah, when you hear him, guys, I stop five years, ten years. Problems that will come five years from now. I stop it in the name of, uh-huh. Walk in the statues. Now, go back to our scripture. We are, we'll be wrapping up shortly. When you love God and you sacrifice and you walk in the statue, what will God do for you? Verses 4. 5. When you walk in the statues of God and you love him and you sacrifice for him, Sandra, God will appear to you. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God asked, or God said, King Solo, 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 what shall I give thee? What do you want? Can you imagine? You have a dream and it's not somebody who is dead. It's not a coffin. It's not a crocodile chasing you. It's not a, a frog wearing a hat. Or goat, a pregnant goat. Let's say we drew, we went to Shredu. Everywhere I was seeing pregnant goats. I said, ah, prophet. I don't know one point. The prophet was laughing. You see a pregnant goat doing meh in your dream. Rather an angel. You know, on my bed in, we are going to pray. And my mother asked me, what do you, what do you want from God? I said, I want the spirit of faith. That's a gift. That's a birthday gift I want. So we nailed that and she prayed for me. Then I went to Mampong and that night, as I was lying in the hotel, I saw a vision and in the vision, a man came and said, come, let me take you somewhere. So the man took me somewhere and I asked him, why are you taking? He said, I'm taking you to the, the man, the angel of faith. So when I, we go there, the, the angel said, what do you want? I said, I've, I want the spirit of faith. They said, but you already have it. Then we all began to speak in tongues. And I came out and I said, what meaning this? You see, that was an impartation to do things that human efforts cannot do. In that dream, I knew God had what? Giving me the spirit of faith. I'm sure Solomon, eh, he had asked for wisdom before, but God was now going to give it to him through a dream. So verse 6, because of his love, I'm saying this is the beginning of Solomon's greatness. It started when he loved the Lord. When he loved God. You don't love God. You are serving Pharaoh. You are busy serving friends. You are walking around. You and friends, you are doing boom, bang, boom, bang, going for parties, doing here, here. That one will not take you anywhere. Love God, stay in the house of God. Don't let anybody change your mind. It's not love, yeah, it's you. It's not Solomon loved Pharaoh's daughter. It's not Solomon loved David. It's not Solomon loved this. Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord. And that is where everything changed. You don't love God. Even to come to church is a problem. Hallelujah. Your love for super beds is more. How can you love super bets and not God? How can you love alcohol and not God? Some people love alcohol more than they love God. 
How do I know? Should I prove to you? Because you would rather sit with friends and drink than be in church. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Solomon loved the Lord. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee, and thou hast kept him for this great kindness. What thou hast, what thou hast given him a son to sit, and thou hast given a son to sit on this throne this day. Verse, verse 7. And now, O Lord, my God, has made my thy servant king instead of David my father, and I I'm but a little child. I know not how to go in or come out. Eight. And thy servant is in thy midst of thy people with thy chosen. A great people that cannot be numbered or counted. So God gives Solomon an opportunity to bring his request. You have a lot of requests, but you've never had the opportunity to bring it to God. If you love God, God will ask you, what do you want? <laughs> Hallelujah. Malabo Siara Shukenea Rodobosua Imolobo Shumelele Lelusua and Solomon loved the Lord. And God granted Solomon what he wanted. Verse 9. 10. And the speed pleased the Lord. And Solomon that had asked this thing. 11. And God said unto him, Because thou hast not asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thy enemy, but hast asked for thyself, understanding to discern judgment. 12. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Now Solomon was going to live life. Solomon was going to be uplifted to love. So there's power in loving God. What you love eh, is what will cause you to break forth. Yes. You can't love. If, if you love God, if me, I say I love God, and you say you love Yamansa, after five years, we'll see the difference. Because you come back with depression, anxiety, broken heart, and I'll come back with what? Blessings. Yes. If you say you love phones and you don't love God, phones will attract arm robbery. When as you are walking around, people say, "Hey, oh, you see iPhone? I they will come around you." God forbid, it will not be you. But if you love God, yeah, don't love anything. I was sharing with people. I said, "Was it you?" I said, "I said don't love brands." Don't don't say me. I like iPhone. Me, I like I love Samsung. And whatever you get, let's flow. Don't say me. As for me, I'm an iPhone person. As for me, I'm a Benz. I'm Toyota. I'm this. Hey, please, I beg. It's not necessary. Ah, it's not necessary. I told him. I said, hey, if it's Huawei, if it's Itel, once you can do what you want, of course, don't settle for something that can't function. <laughs> but let it do what you want. But don't be tied to things. It's like your heart is in the thing. Aye. It's not the best. Yeah, for me, I like only Samsung. As for me, I like only iPhone. As for me, I, I don't drive any car apart from Benz. Eh? 
no, 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 no. Don't develop love. Me, my heart is not tied to anything. No. Oh, then you don't know me. Ah. If there's nothing on me that if God asks me to give, I can't give out. No, 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 not even, no conference. I, I won't even announce it. One time I was standing with someone here, and this my my team member, his phone, he, pr- he when he's praying, he, pl- he he plugs the phone and he connects, plug and play phone. So as he's connecting, then he'll be typing. You get it? Oh, two per three minutes when I phone do. So as I saw him typing, I'm like, ah. So we came out and I called him and I said, come. I said, Father, give this man a phone. When I finished, I said, ah, but I can give him a phone. I said, remove my SIM card. Give my phone to him. Then the, I did no conference, nothing. I went to buy him. Um, I have a tablet in my WhatsApp. If you call me, you don't get it. If you call me, you get him. We are, we are going. I was using him. Yes. No tie anything to your heart. Oh. Hey, media, I want this. Media, I want that. Media, I want this. No, 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 no. The only thing you should tie to your heart is God. Yes. Don't be used to any... Me, I can be anywhere. I can go anywhere. I can... Ah, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. So don't have a life that, you know, Paul said, I learned to go up. I've learned to come down. I don't, it doesn't matter. Wherever I am, I can flow. Love the Lord. See, I love the Lord. And as you love God, as you change your affection... Even in the church, don't love AC, don't love fun, don't let Charlie anything we go. Whether light off, whether don't become used to and then the AC name Bana. Please, only baby are free. We've been praying in one time when for now when we go for crusades, but as I'll be telling you, people are lucky. You get air conditioning to sleep. One time when for a crusade, Santa, the girls are sleeping here, the boys are sleeping here. Open. When the girls are bathing, they, they use cloth to cover. <laughs> I was sleeping on concrete for three days. Flow. If I go, there's AC, fine. If there's no AC, hallelujah. Whatever it is, we flow. Love the Lord. Finally, if you don't love God, whatever you love, eh, you love. Will, will give you the price. Not price, oh, the price you deserve. First Kings 11, verse 1. When Solomon had loved the Lord and he had received all the things that God had for him, suddenly, you remember what I was telling in the beginning, when you use things to get God, or you use God to get things, his love changed. He began to love the things God gave him rather than the God who gave him the things. So what happened? But King Solomon loved many strange women. Now the love had changed. He didn't love God anymore. He didn't go to sacrifice to God anymore. Rather, what did he love? Strange women. It's like when you see this woman's head, it has tear like this. This woman has this kind, uh, kind of uh, lipstick. That one is strange. Strange! Dreadlocks. This one was a Rasta woman. Yes, Solomon ever had a Rasta woman. You don't know. 
You don't know Queen of Sheba was a Rasta woman. Uh, that's why the Rastafarians believe that Jesus Christ came from Ethiopia or whatever. Because they believe when Solomon, Queen of Sheba went to Solomon, something happened. And he brought the seed back to Ethiopia. Love many strange women. Together. See, there are too many together. Together with Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonite, all these people, God said, don't go into them. Solomon said, no, no, no. Everywhere, everywhere. Zidonians, and I'm sure Solomon had wives that he did, or concubines he never even knew. Like he was, when he says, I like you, come. I like you. I mean, too many. <laughs> he died. He had, I'm sure he had children. Maybe some of you are having descendants of Solomon. Verse 2. Of the nations concerning the Lord said unto the children, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you. For surely they will turn your hearts after their God. Solomon cleave unto them in love. The very thing God said, don't love. Now they began to love it. They began to love the thing. One time I wanted to buy a television. That day, that's the, that thing I learned a painful lesson. I said, I would never let anything enter into my heart. I wanted to buy a television. And this television was a bit expensive. So my wife said, It's too expensive. Don't buy it. I said, No, I'll buy it. Because I want to watch Netflix. Hey! He said, Don't buy it. I said, I'll buy it. Back and forth. Then, when I was going to buy something like that happened, and I think the money I had to use part of the money to do something, so I couldn't buy. The thing entered me, a shame. So right now I couldn't pray, I couldn't fast. And my wife said, "You see, the thing has entered your heart. The love for TV. You are surprised. You two things have been entering your heart. You don't want to say the truth. Yes." When the boy disappointed, you see, you nearly, you were crying. You will say your own. As I'm saying, you're laughing at me. So, eventually I bought it. Then I was sharing Pastor Asha. I said, I will never let anything get into my heart again. I, I lost my God. Yeah. One time, to, for God to show me that don't let anything enter your heart. Do you know what happened to my TV? I was in the office. When a certain thunder struck, boom! Senna, it passed through the, uh, what's the name? Antenna or whatever. And it, it spoiled the TV. My TV, oh. <laughs> oh! It destroyed my TV portal. When I went to my, put the TV, the TV, what happened to the TV? My wife said, I don't know. I said, ah! Don't put your heart in devices. Men like devices. Don't put your heart in devices. <laughs> I said, no, you are supposed my TV. So I took it. Fortunately, I had a warranty, so they changed it for me. But I learned a painful lesson. Even, I don't remember the last time I owned the TV. It's not necessary. The only thing that endures, the only thing you must love is God. Don't put your love in your business. Don't put your love in your children. Don't put your, no, not even your children. No, 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 not your wife, not your husband. Put, love them, but put your your love 
in God. All the love you have put every when you love God, God will teach you how to love things. Yeah. Don't look at your son and choose your son or your daughter over God. No. It's an error. See, it's an error. Solomon loved many strangers. And this, is the, this was the beginning of Solomon's depression and his sadness and his anxiety. This is where everything began to go wrong. And Solomon began to write, it's vanity upon vanity and vanity upon vanity. This was when everything went wrong. Loving God pays. All right? Say, loving God pays. Loving God pays. Psalm 145, verses 20. The Lord preserved all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. So, preservation comes from what? Loving God. How can God preserve you? God can preserve you when Satan wants to waste you. Amen. Say, God will preserve me when Satan wants to waste me. When Satan wants to turn you to a vegetable, God will show up and say, I love this one. You can't touch her. Huh? Psalm 91, verses 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. God delivers those who love him. Yes, that's how come one time a lecturer, my one of my lecturers was going to, he was driving, he had an accident. The accident was so terrible that the engine of the car uh came out. It was a Santa Fe. It hit the engine came out and went out of the uh, what's the name? The hood and went fell some meters off. All the people in the other car died. I I think. But he didn't die. Yeah, I will what? Deliver him. And I will set him on high because he has known my name. All the love we have for God is for an, a certain day of trouble. When God comes, you lose her for, ah, Sandra is here. Angels, bring Sandra out. Bring Sandra out. Sandra cannot be part of this problem. Why? Because Sandra has loved me. Yeah. So, let us love God. Hmm? When we love him, his goodness will come upon us. Don't love things. Don't love the things God gives you. Don't love the clothes and the phones. Those things is nothing. God can make you be a manufacturer of clothes and a manufacturer of phones. Don't love a job more than God. The job God gave you. Don't love your account more than God. Don't love your husband. Yeah. God, one day Papa Kenneth again, the wife used to complain. Then the Papa Kenneth again, I think he had something with his heart or something, then he was dying. Then the wife said, if you complain, you see, I can take him away. You'll never see him again. So if you don't keep quiet. But every time, the husband will be traveling. You know, pastors travel. Uh, travel, going for a conference, going for a crusade here. Then only her and the children in the house, then she'll be complaining. When the man can't complain, then one day, you see, because A1 brothers, eh, they will, if you complain, they won't say anything. But God will visit you. Yeah, that's why you should marry an A1 brother. If you don't know A1 after church, come. I'll explain to you. Do you know what happened? The man fell off them. God spoke to the wife and said, I can take him. You will never see him again. So keep complaining. Since then, the woman keep quiet. Let me keep quiet and have him. It's better. Hallelujah. 
Are we going to love the Lord? We are not going to love things. Who, we are not going to love boys. Hmm? When I see your phone, is it my love? Who is your love? Love of my life. Pillar of my life. Please, after church, delete all those things. Pillar of my life. The only pillar that will not break is Jesus. How can you say he's the pillar of your life? Pillar of what? God on earth. Hey! This one there's too much. Be on your feet. We are closing with this. For listening to this podcast, visit www.christaboundinglove.com and our social media handles at the Christ Abounding Love Church for more audio messages and details on all upcoming conferences. God bless you.